This episode of Shaking Spears was sponsored in part by the UJ Student Marketing Department. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined. Okay, hello and welcome to another podcast of Shaking Spears by Think Theatre. I have with me today, although it says Brian Hiles underneath her, it's actually Cara Roberts. Um, as you may know from our episode one, they do share a living space and so they're probably using Brian's device. We also have our directrix and producer, Claire Olivia Mortimer. Hi guys, hello. welcome. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Okay, so today we're going to be uh, taking another look at the final scene of Othello, but today we particularly wanted to focus on Desdemona, played, of course, by Cara. So we want to look at Desdemona and we want to see uh, exactly what's going through her character's med... Med? Head. What's going through her character's head at this point in the play and get a sense of um, how this climax of her journey um, affects our reading and our analysis of the play. So, diving straight in. Cora, um, why, in your opinion, does Desdemona refuse to name Othello as her murderer after she's been choked ostensibly to death? Othello certainly thinks so. Uh, Emilia, played by Claire, enters uh, and reports to him that Rodrigo's been killed and Cassio's been maimed, um, at which point Desdemona awakes uh, only to die about a line and a half later. Um, <coughs> But in that moment, when Amelia asks, who has done this? Uh, your response is, I believe, nobody, me, my, I, my I myself, not me, myself. Yes. Um, yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, I think there, there are two reasons. I think um, uh, being a bit of a romantic, this might not even be the actual case. But I think that Desdemona refuses to, although, yes, Othello has done this to her, she still loves him so much and would never want him to suffer what would come from him killing her after she's gone. So I think it's that complete uh, commitment, even in death. Um, and then the other reason I think is because Desdemona blames herself. Uh, a lot of the time, what have I done? You know, it's not that he's uh, kind of gone into another headspace completely. She keeps saying like, what did I do wrong? Why is it me? Um, and also, I think there's a part that in her that could believe that it was still something, although they didn't get the communication to the, the, you know, the, the point of, I think this, you did this. No, I didn't. Um, it just kind of all got faded and merged into one thing. And I think at that point, Desimona still probably thinks she did something that made Othello well. yeah, change. Shakespeare, dealing with gaslighting 400 Ooh, years ago. Absolutely. Um, the idea of putting an idea, the, putting an idea in someone else's head and trying to convince them that their version of truth is not necessarily so. Claire, uh, anything yes. that you'd like to say or add to that? I think that Cara did that brilliantly. I think um, I don't really have anything else to say. <coughs> the whole idea of, um, of her taking it on herself um, emotionally and and physically, as it turns out in the end, um, 
really just stands to her character. It stands to her purity, her loyalty, um, and of course, most importantly, her love for Othello. Um, that even in death, she will she will take one for him, if you know what I mean, just to put it quite crudely. Um, and that's what makes it so tragic. Uh, well, it's tragic anyway, but um, yeah. So I think Cara really handled that, so I don't think we need okay. to handle well, that. Then, yeah. Let's just jump uh, straight on to the next one, which is uh, <clears throat> the massive contrast just before that when they are arguing, um, which to my mind seems to be the first time almost, that Desdemona actually stands up for herself since Iago's got inside Othello's head and it started poisoning Othello's mind against Desdemona. Um, mm. When it essentially comes to um, a stand-up, shout-down fight between the two of them, um, the handkerchief which you gave to Cassio, he found it then. Uh, mm. it, it seems like It seems like the first occasion that they have to actually communicate properly with each yep. other and they miss it. Um, but it also seems like, in contrast to what you were saying earlier, which is she loves him enough and she's devoted enough, it seems like the first time like she's actually speaking her uh, mind to him. We certainly see yeah. her mind previously with Amelia, but um, now uh, if you'd care to elaborate on that, and in terms of, uh, as an actress, reaching that point in the journey, um, how do you get there? Wow. Um yeah, yeah, I only I, ask the small questions. It's fine. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> you know, when we started rehearsing, I would, um, I always tried to kind of keep it quite together. You know, you're doing Shakespeare and it actually took Claire saying to me, like, she's just realized in this scene, particularly this line, um, that she's going to die. You know, also Othello's performance uh, then was... Um, Claganipo. Yeah, in Claganipo. In Klaganipo, wow, Klaganipo. Um, we just got to a point where Claire would work with both of us and performing it, you know, once you start believing the story, it's not only putting yourself in it, but not only for Desdemona, for Cara, if my life had been threatened like that, I would scream, I would try and get through. But in terms of the contrast, I think Desdemona has seen something in Othello's eyes or in his demeanor that she knows. And if she... All she can do is get these little screams out, but it's not like he's going to step back and make a cup of tea and sit down and say, okay, you know, let's see, his mind's made up and she knows that at, in that moment. Okay. Does that answer? I think it does. Claire? Yeah, I think the frustrating thing about, about that scene is that, as you say, it's the one time that they could probably have sorted it out. Um, but it's, Othello's too far gone. He's... He's, he's down that road and he's closed the door. Um, and there is a moment, I believe, a single moment when Desdemona realizes that. And that's when the desperation comes out. She's literally fighting for her life. Um, and it's just this terrible realization. Nothing she can do or say is going to alter the outcome of that scene. And I think as an audience member too, we sit there so frustrated because it could all have been fixed. Of course, it can't be fixed because then there's no tragedy. But... <laughs> it's just so beautifully written like that because we all we're, we're all invested in it. You know, for goodness sake, someone just tell the truth. Yeah, and um, and of course it doesn't happen. Yeah, Irving, uh, Henry Irving, I think very famously changed the ending of the play to be a happy one, um, <laughs> in which yeah. Othello's strangulation didn't work. Um, oh, okay. And Desdemona got back up. It was to please the King of England at the time. Um, but Claire, please speak <laughs> to me about how. Um, 
this final scene um, contributes more to the overall thematics um, of Othello and just how important it is for us to have that very, very tragic payoff. Yeah, I think uh, it, it speaks to um, the massive success that Iago's had um, in terms of poisoning Othello's mind. Um, the fact that he, when he comes into the scene, he is, it's clear that he does not want to do this. He doesn't want to kill her. He looks at her and he says, it is the cause, this is the problem. So in the beginning of the scene, he walks in and finds her sleeping and he says, this, it is the cause. This beauty of hers, this purity of hers. And yet he's so convinced, he says, she must die, else she'll betray more men. Um, so it's, it shows us how just how successful Iago has been, that he's prepared to carry out this brutal killing of his wife um, because he believes that she has betrayed him. Um, it also speaks to the theme of um, Othello being aware in himself or thinking in himself that he is inferior. Mm. Um, he has a monologue about that too, um, that you know he, he um, doesn't really deserve Desdemona, that he's aware of his blackness, he's aware of his age, and all of those general otherness, considering yeah. being a yeah. more in Venetian society. Right. So he, he's coming in. Uh, it's fertile ground for Iago, let's just put it that way. So, um, so he's coming in from that angle, um, but he has this honor about him and this nobility, which dictates that if, if what Iago has said is true, Desdemona must die. Um, and, and so it's not being done out of any sense of vengeance. It's being done because, in his mind, it's the right thing to do. So um, I think I'm being a bit vague. Sorry, Mark, but I, I no, just no, feel like... I think that anybody listening who has a sense of the play is going to be able to follow on and track your words uh, in their okay. entirety. Folks, just yeah. remember, if you haven't had a chance to watch Othello and you are studying it or you are a fan of it, of course, we do have our Think Theatre streams available. There'll be a link in the description below uh, for who you can contact so that you can watch those online. They really are world-class productions and not just because I'm in them. <laughs> hey, Mark. Yes. Okay, well, folks, that's all that we need for uh, a wrap-up of that final scene. Uh, this is obviously partnered up with um, our dialogue with Quenzo, which is available on a different podcast. But thank you both so much for your contributions. And that's the end of this episode of Shaking Spears. Thank you, Mark. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thank you. machine used under license ccby-sa 4.0 for further information or bookings contact doreen at thinktheater.co.za the university of johannesburg the future reimagined